Hey people, welcome to P4DI, the podcast for digital innovation across Hull and East Yorkshire. I'm Pete Waddingham and uh, today I'm going solo on this podcast. Uh, the co-host Dom Smith, he's not with me today, he's on tour with his band The Parasitic Twins. I'm just hoping that Dom will make it back alive after his uh, tour. Uh, today I'm interviewing Matt Johnson. Matt is behind the My Journey podcast. It's a great podcast. He interviews uh, lots of guests and, and, and really tries to understand how they got to doing what they are doing today. Um, I've listened to, uh, the recent one I listened to was with Guy Smith. It was a great podcast. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing where he goes with this and some of the plans that he's got for the future. Uh, yeah, a great person. Uh, new to the whole C4DI community, and uh, it was great talking to him today. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Matt Johnson. Hi, Matt Johnson, welcome. Welcome to the P4DI podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, pleasure. I mean, um, I know that you do podcasts and we're going to talk about the My Journey podcast in a minute and one of the things when I first met you, you told me about to do a podcast, you really should have a bit of a script, uh, you know, do a bit of research about your guest um, and I've not done any of that really so I'm going to wing it a little bit um, but I do know a bit about you and I do know a bit about the My Journey podcast so hopefully um, this won't be uh, 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 too too ad hoc and crazy. So yeah, tell us about the My Journey podcast and why you say it up. Yeah, so the My Journey podcast, um, well, it's, quite, it's quite a long story actually, I'll go back to the beginning for you. Um, when I was at sixth form, um, I was a head boy and alongside running the school council and things like that, we were told we had to have a, um, like a, another side project and uh, as someone who wasn't interested in accountancy or being a lawyer or anything like that, I felt like there wasn't the careers advice out there for people who were interested in them traditional careers, so I decided to set up a very catchy title, the Motivational and Inspirational Speech Initiative. Is that what uh, it was? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, um, sixth form, where I got people in to come and do talks. We had like the commissioner for the local police, we had um, local radio presenters, and the biggest guest we had was uh, Mark Chapman from the BBC, came across from Manchester. Just remind me who he is, you did tell me, he was on yeah. sports, was he sports related? Yeah, so he started on Radio 1 and doing news and stuff like that, and now on 5 Live, he does all the NFL coverage, Match of the Day 2, that kind of thing, so yeah. at the time he was doing Match of the Day 2, so it was quite a big uh, thing for him to come across, um, people loved the sessions, they got loads out of it, um, and then finished as head boy, went off to uni, found podcasts, started listening to loads, loved them. Um, a whole range of different things from like the Comedians Comedian podcast with Stu Goldsmith um, Greg James podcast from his radio show and then I stumbled across a podcast called the Day Love Joy podcast and it was the first one I'd seen that I was like an interview about a topic a different topic each week Yeah, um, I really liked it but every time I heard him interviewing a guest I just felt like he was about to go into the bits I was interested in and he, he stopped Right, okay. and it was this area of how did you get to where you are today so I thought well thinking back to the speech initiative there's yeah. something there I think so um, I decided so, to set 
it up and just went for it. Great stuff. So, so effectively, you're talking to people to understand how they got to the job, the career that they're doing um, is, is the nub of the podcast, isn't it? And I've listened to two or three of them. Uh, the first one was with Alex Deacon. The no, it's second. Second uh, one. Well, that first was second. one was um, Drew Purvey. Alex Deacon was second. Right, yeah. okay. Alex Deacon is the weatherman. Drew Purvey, just go back. He's the He was a school teacher. Yeah, from, he's from Educating Manchester. That was right. Channel Four program, yeah. but he's now like a leadership expert as well. So, he's, but it was, it was I was trying to find people that um, had maybe made a bit of a name for themselves as well within their career. They're not just um, at the top of their game, like they're known within their industry, or they're maybe known by the public for whatever reason. And some of these people it is through being in the right place at the right time, but some of them have built incredible personal brands. And also them people who were in the right place at the right time have to have done some kind of personal branding to have kept that yeah, awareness. Yeah, yeah. And personal branding is something I'm really interested in. Um, so I've kind of started off as a careers podcast, sold it as that, but like where I see it going is more down the personal branding route. So yeah, yeah. Um, I am just recording the second series and that's why I'm trying to push it a bit more as to Okay, possible. I mean, I, I really like the format. I've listened, to, I've listened to a few of them and I listened to the Guy Smith one, which was the most recent one that I listened to. I know there's another one out with Rosie Miller, who was behind Whole City of Culture that I haven't listened to yet. Uh, but I really like the Guy Smith one um, and, and we'll talk about that in a minute because it, it, it helped me find some information out um, and, and I'm hoping that will support the organisation that I work for, which is great. Um so I, I liked the concept that you were doing just to understand uh, how people got to do what you know wh- where they are and I think there's there is merit in that because it gives inspiration to other people yeah. and um, it can help guide them but um, I'm looking forward to where you take the podcast let's just go back to podcasts though because like you said you stumbled across them I've stumbled across them I've only started listening to them in the last seven or eight months since I've had quite a long commute I really like them I found them Find them so beneficial to educate yourself to find information out. Um, you know, we, we, we talked here uh, in, in, in the building that we're in in C4DI about trying to to raise awareness of them. Do you see merit in podcasts then? Do you think they're an untapped resource? Yeah, I think there's two sides to it. For listeners, I believe there's a podcast out there for everyone. Um, it sounds a bit of a cliche saying, but the, when you start looking through the library of podcasts, they go so niche that if you're interested in something then there's probably a podcast about it yeah yeah um, might not be exactly what you're after but there'll be something there um, people tend to think they're just about football and business but they're about absolutely everything so tell us a bit about the ones that you're <coughs> listening to on a personal level because I've got a few that I'm really uh, keen on and that I listen to to do with health and, 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 and well-being but what, what are the subject areas that you're listening to then? so I try and avoid business podcasts because spend like my days doing businessy kind of stuff so I try and switch off from that a little bit but I like Dear Love Joy which I've mentioned that started off as like an agony kind of podcast where people were in with problems and Tim Love Joy from Soccer AM and Sunday Brunch answered the problems uh, but it's become more of an interview kind of thing with different um, people who lead different areas and what, are they, what, what sort of questions are they asking are they getting into people's personal lives you know so is it what, what, what? no it's more about so someone will come on as like a expert in a topic oh, and yeah. they'll explore that topic so it might be dieting health relationships that kind oh, of thing yeah, yeah. Um, so it's quite interesting and they come from all different backgrounds like you never know who's going to crop up on it yeah um, and then you've got 
Um, another one I like is Off My New Podcast, which is with James A. Caster and Ed Gamble, two comedians. And that's a dream restaurant scenario where they get a guest on and they pick their favourite meal uh, from anywhere, anytime kind of thing. It's just a, it's a comedy podcast, comedy food podcast, really good fun. And another one I listen to, which is a bit different, is uh, the Reggie Yates podcast. Oh, yeah. um, I like it because like, they're obviously from like, um, the guys who run it are like Londoners. Um, most of them have got like, African heritage and stuff like that, so they've got a completely different outlook on life to like the way I've been brought up here in like, a yeah. northern town. So I find it quite interesting to see their side, but it's just a group of lads, friends, sitting yeah, yeah. Mic well, that, chat. that sort of prompts me to ask you the question, because I know podcasts have influenced my life, so what, what changes for the better have some of those podcasts had on you, or have you, have you changed your behaviour, your lifestyle, because of things that you've listened to? Um, I wouldn't say there's anything like drastic where someone's talked about something, but um, the things that like podcasts in general have given me the opportunity to switch off from things, like sometimes you're listening to the radio and like, they play a song you don't like yeah. or the Thomas you're not interested in whereas when you listen to podcasts you know when you switch it on that you're going to enjoy it um, but I just like stuff that entertains me that's yeah. what I'm listening to, to them for so less, so you're using them less to find information out and, and, and more as a bit of an escapism or to you know to, to just sort of broaden your horizons with yeah. what people are into yeah I mean I, I you know I listen to a lot as I say on health and well-being so some of the ones that I listen to are very much based around how powerful food is um, you know to, to help um, reverse chronic disease so a couple of ones I listen to are the doctor's pharmacy with Dr. Mark Hyman and then Nutrition Facts. Um, I can't remember the name of the GP who does that one, but you know it's very food and well-being related. I listened to Joe Rogan, just started listening to that one again this morning. So he has a, a breadth of guests, and I think it sounds a bit similar to the sort of podcast you listen to, where you might have loads of different people on subjects. I think it's probably, for me, it's about, I've got an interest in people. Yeah, yeah. And that's the bit I like, is yeah. like learning about people and what they do, whatever it is. Yeah. And I might sometimes take a nugget of information away from it, but really it is just about exploring new ideas and things like that. Like yeah, it's yeah. not less, and being entertained. Well, what, what as well we talked about, so the, the Guy Smith podcast that I listen to, um, um, I mean, I know of Guy Smith, he, he, he's, um, uh, he won the Le Mans with, with Bentley and he's, he's had a really good uh, racing career. And you, and you talked to him about some of his uh, his career into that industry, but also some of his new ventures with Greenlight Sports. So as I said, that helped me connect. So listening to podcasts sometimes takes you down a direction and finds out more information. That's what I've really enjoyed. So if I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast and, and then he's got a guest on there, then that makes me look in, and, and do a bit of research on them or maybe find a website. And I think that's the beauty of it. It really does help you connect with you know, find out who they are and a bit more what they're interested in. So I like them. Anyway, enough from sort of podcast. What I wouldn't mind talking to you about as well is why are you here at C4DI then? What, what's brought you here? And Because uh, I think you're fairly recent, are you? To the... Yeah, it's about, I'm into my fourth month here now. So, um, yeah, fairly new started back in January. Um, well, I set up as a freelancer straight out of university. Um, no real idea of how successful it would be. Um, changed my priorities a lot over the last year or so but I started working and I picked up a few clients but needed somewhere to go where there was some kind of community. Um, I tried a couple of different places but 
10 hours in the summer when I was the only one there and it was just like working from home but you were paying yeah um, and I just needed that space that you could cut off from home as a workspace to be in, in an office but came here been to a couple of events really liked meeting the people here got shown around joined for three months initially and just thought the way I described it was like it was a community rather than like a network or an office like there's people sat in the co-working space where I work and they could have gone for the same job one of them's got it and the other one hasn't but they'll still help each other on it the past work over because it's not quite right for them but the nurse yeah, one else yeah, would be yeah. perfect for nice ethos isn't there there's nice yeah yeah it's just really collaborative and there is definitely like community focus and someone summed it up the other day um, when we're out for some drinks and they just said a lot of people here um, some great companies here who've got big aspirations but there's a lot of other people here who just want to be able to keep freelancing and not have to go back to a nine to five job and work for someone else and when you've got other people thinking the same way you're less I feel like people are less competitive and they like support each other in that yeah, door yeah, yeah. because they know that they're going to double their turnover but this person's going to struggle well then they might look to seek and help that person yes. I think I mean it's really great that you've, you're enjoying being here <clears throat> I am too and um, you know I, I see you know what you've said sort of rings true again when I was kind of thinking about doing this podcast it was for that very reason just so that I could sort of talk to people and, and, and understand what they're doing because Everyone is busy, you know, everyone's really helpful, everyone's busy, so it's not always easy to find out what people are up to. Um, sometimes, though, I mean, you've probably done it yourself, the kitchen is a great place to kind of just, oh, yeah. you know, meet people. And I met someone yesterday, Mike White, who um, I was really impressed with, such a charismatic person and, uh, again, another natural entrepreneur. And I think that's the thing that I've enjoyed here. There are, you know, lots and lots of natural entrepreneurs and uh, loads of creative people and I'm hoping some of that will rub off on me is, is you know um, and you learn stuff I mean people have been telling me have you used this have you used that and I'm thinking no never seen that before and then you see some of the the creative uh, talent that's on offer and, and how they're being creative how they're being entrepreneurial I say I'm hoping it'll rub off on me um, have, have you have you seen some benefit then as well as kind of that enthusiasm you've seen from others have you actually had a direct benefit in the work that you're doing from linking with people yes I've picked up clients from people directly working with them and then another big benefit is uh, so I would say I do social media marketing and I offer copywriting as a service but I won't say copywriting is what I do primarily um, there's another guy here who does um, copywriting Tim and he offers social media it's like a service on the side of what he does like the opposite to me and then there's Courtney who seems to be like between the two of us um, but as a, the three of us got our heads together and we're going to start up our own event um, which is hoping to link the creative side of uh, Hull and the tech side of Hull together uh, a series of events based we're kind of inspired by the design meetup which happens here yeah 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 kind of like that but that's specifically about design we want to like we're all content creators because we all work on social media and we're all passionate about um, creating new and unique um, content for social platforms yeah and um, there's a lot of people out there who have maybe got a skill that could help tech companies create content yeah. and they don't realise or there's maybe people out there who are running a small tech company who can't afford to pay someone to create content but have the ability to do it themselves and don't realise so we're going to try and bring 
than two sides together. Well, in that another fantastic example of how just working in this building, uh, when you cross paths with people and start collaborating, and like you say, there's 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 very few egos, if any. So people want to help each other out. I heard a really great story about how um, a company upstairs started from that same thing. Just three people talking. You know, let's hook up, let's do something. And um, and you're right, the design meetup and code pen, like two fantastic um, uh, ideas that bring people together. And you get really well looked after here, don't you, as well? You know, put pizza on and food and things. So I look forward to hearing about that, Matt, and, and, and how that develops with, did you say Tim and Courtney? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds great. No, it does sound really good. And um, I mean, because you're right, because I introduced you as, as Matt Johnson and behind the My Journey podcast, but actually, you know, some of your core work then is 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 social media marketing yeah. and just tell us a little bit about that so i can understand from you know because it's not an area i'm familiar with what 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 can you help businesses do then um so my job is to come in where people maybe don't have the knowledge or the time um to run their social media to help increase their brand and their um, presence within their industry and um, so i've just finished literally as of today finished working with um Absolutely cultured, um, the team that took over from Hall 2017 did a varied role for them, but uh, focused on the gallery that they run there, social media, um, which was great. Um, and then also the other aspect I'm working with, legal costs firm, we were based in Beverly and helping them build their brand um, within the legal industry in the region. And basically, have, have you got any? Have you got any tips of how you do that? You know, not to get into sort of trade secrets. <laughs> and I don't mean with them particular companies, but just in general, have you got any? tips of, of, of how you might approach them. Yeah, so the best thing to do is to plan ahead. Um, that's the one bit that most people struggle with. And to be honest, if you looked at my um, like my social media for my own business, um, I probably don't do enough of it. I need to plan ahead more. Um, but that's one thing, especially when you're running a business, whether it's tech or not, you get caught up in the day-to-day. -day. You just need to be less reactive and more um, preemptive of what's coming up. And then the other thing to think about is like, when people do get into that reactive situation, they tend to go into sales whenever they go onto their social media. Um, and social media's platforms are all built on algorithms. And if you're always selling, people aren't gonna engage with that. Yeah, yeah. So if you're following somebody and they're always posting, buy my product, buy my product, buy my product, you're not gonna like that post. Switches off. You're gonna yeah. switch off. Yeah, yeah. Which then has a negative effect on future posts. So. It's a line I've taken from um, Gary Vaynerchuk, if you've ever come across his work, but he's a big um, American entrepreneur and he has a phrase called jab, 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 right hook. Right hook being the sale, jab, jab, jab being content. So in other words, put out as much content as you can that is not sales related, yeah. that engages your followers. Yeah. And then when you come in with the sale, they're more than happy to oblige. Yeah. And he has literally got to the point now where for months you won't hear a sales pitch from him and yeah. then he'll just go, I've got this product out, this service out, can you all go buy it? And it becomes a top seller. Yeah, yeah. Whereas other people are focusing on selling, selling, selling yeah, and yeah. just disengaging their own audience. And I think that's another area. I, I like that actually. And um, it, it seems to be, a, I, I feel like when I look at um, companies that are using social media well, I see a lot of an American, American companies and, 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 and therefore I get absorbed in, yeah, you're providing me with information and content, you're not selling me anything, this is great, you, you're sort of sucking me in and, and a bit like the, 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 the podcast that I described that I listened to, you know, like the, the, the doctor's pharmacy, 
it's giving me knowledge and free information and, and therefore how can I not get absorbed in um, his content and um, one of the initiatives that they did uh, was that they released free videos I mean they always said nothing's free in this world and, and actually to get that content you had to subscribe and give them your details but I was comfortable at that point doing that because actually for the months prior I'd been engaged in, in his work um, so probably a, a, a classic example of what you're describing really yeah definitely how do you um, how do you make sure that your content is uh, unique and engaging? Because there's so much information out there that you know in this world of social media, you probably do it yourself. If it doesn't grab you straight away, or is you just pass it by, don't you? So the thing I find with the clients I work with is actually they've got the content; they just don't realise it's content. Right. And actually, I would say a lot of my job is discovering that content. Um, so you might go on somebody's website and they've got all these testimonials saying how great they are. Well, actually, that's good content because it's showing the work you've done and the benefits people get from your product. And then you're not necessarily linking directly through to your product, but you're building that um, brand within the consumer's mind that this is a good brand. And then thinking about community is another big tip. It's like who your audience, think of them as a community. What do they do? What are they interested in? and then make yourselves as a brand involved in that area so um, you might be might be a really local business so why aren't you talking about the events that are happening within your area and things like that getting involved in them doing a, you might be um, I don't know a, an accountant but you're very much based in York let's say and the York Comedy Festival's just happened why not write about your experience at your comedy festival? Yeah, yeah. Because then the people of York are going to go, oh, I was there. What yeah, did they yeah, see? connection. Yeah, and then yeah. suddenly your brand's front of mind in terms yeah. of that. Um, but it, it really does depend on business to business. It's quite hard to say how to extract that context yeah, until yeah. you get into the yeah. understanding that brand. You can't really say where that yeah. is. But like you say, there's probably some nice techniques that help companies engage with audiences that might not traditionally think or ways that might not traditionally think so where um where, where would you like to where would you like to take the work that you're doing or where, where do you see yourself in five years time what would you like to be doing what what, what success look like for you um, in five years time i'd kind of like to have grown what i'm doing a bit maybe have somebody maybe a couple of people working for me um helping more businesses, being a bit more strategic with the way I work, because at the moment I'm taking very reactive businesses, or some very reactive businesses, yeah, yeah. and then trying to take them to be like two-year thinkers in terms of their social media is quite a big change, but I'd like to be thinking in that kind of sense and helping develop brands. Um, and I'd also like to do a lot more work in personal branding, because I think it's a growing area, I think the rise of influencers has actually caused a lot of disruption to the, the more traditional um, celebrity world mm. in the fact that a footballer would get sponsorship deals just by being a footballer, they didn't even have to play. But now they're looking and going, well, we've got this fitness guy over here who's got 1.2 million followers yeah, yeah. and you're playing in League One. Like, yeah. Who are we going to go for? You mm. know, and I think so it's been very disruptive in that sense, but I feel like everybody who is now an influencer or an endorser or whatever they want to call themselves are very, are very much looking short term mm. and it's how do you build a brand long term 
So I look at some footballers because I'm really into my football and you see the work they're doing behind the scenes. So, um, you look at um, David Miller, for example, he's a YouTuber as well. Like, there's probably kids out there who think of him as a YouTuber rather than a footballer. Is that right? Because he's, he's got, um, I can't remember, over 200,000 subscribers on YouTube just yeah. by playing games. But there'll be kids out there who don't know that, well, probably know he's a footballer, but yeah. know him as a YouTuber. Yeah. You've got um, other people that go into presenting, which is... Yeah. A more traditional route for a footballer, but I how think, do they build their brand as a presenter? Yeah, you're right. I mean, because you only have to look at platforms like YouTube and everyone can have a platform. Uh, then they obviously have to sort of um, get the followers. And there's, again, there's people out there that have got millions. Um, and, you know, so it is a bit of a, a competitive market, really. Like you say, you've got to, you've got to make people interested my little boy loves YouTube and so therefore I get to see the kind of people that he's watching uh, he watches a lot of football he watches a lot of skills but he watches there's, there's so much out there again a lot of it feels like it's American driven do you think the UK are slightly behind on on content creators um, I think it's that the difference between a typical British person and an American person in the fact that um, the Americans are traditionally more brash and yeah, yeah. outgoing, so I think you will get more content creators that are American and things like that. Yeah. But also, especially for younger audiences, they like adopting American culture. And if you're an American and you've seen this uh, niche grow, you've jumped on it and then it's boomed across to the UK. We are already an influencer in that arena in America, so you're automatically going to become one in the UK. Um, so you get things like slime, for example, like being American, starting to come across to the UK. Well, the people who are in slime in the US are going to be big in the UK just because it yeah, they'll yeah. move with it. So it's quite hard for the UK influencers to then build a brand within it. But also, I think the size of the country makes a, a difference as well. Like yeah, as a UK a podcaster or a UK YouTuber, yeah. you've got much more reduced... Yeah, audience. Yeah. But if if it's a global platform, why do you think there's not more kind of UK content um, being big in America? I guess would be the sort of flip side because there there should be no boundaries. And as I said, I would be quite happy to listen to a lot of UK content, but I don't seem to find it. I mean, again, the idea with this 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 podcast here that we're doing was for me to want to talk to people locally because I'm really passionate about Hull and East Yorkshire. So I didn't even want to think you know, wider than that because I think sometimes telling the story of what's happening here for the benefit of people in this area could only be a good thing. Um, but, you know, there, there just doesn't seem to be that much content I am stumbling across. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong place. But it, I think it might be down to like the traditional way and the fact that everyone always talks about breaking America is quite a big thing. Mm. I, just, I, mean, I think it's culturally though what you yeah. mentioned then because doing a podcast is not everyone's cup of tea when yeah. you're British is it you know sitting in front of a microphone and having a chat uh, well I've done a podcast because it's a cop out of a vlog you know like, right. because yeah, like yeah. you don't want to put yourself on camera yeah. but I like podcasts so I'll do that um, I am starting to plan how to do some more video content now I've started doing my podcast I've yeah, kind yeah. of grown that confidence but it is very much like um that brashness, I think. Yeah. As I well. think you've got to have both um, mediums. I think a, a, a vlog goes down really well. So yes, listening to stuff I love, uh, but sometimes you might want to visually see the yeah. guest that's being talked to or interviewed. Okay, and um, the other thing that I'd really like to explore with you as well is, you know, 
you know what what makes Matt Johnson tick from a personal perspective. Now I never want to get too political on these podcasts, but I just wondered what you thought about things that I'm seeing on the news at the moment, and certainly from my interest, things like climate change. You know, there's a lot of um, activity going on across the country, across the world, actually. Certainly with the extinction rebellion and and, and a few other things. Does climate change worry you? Do you not really care about it? Where do you stand on that sort of thing? Do you ever? It definitely worried about it. Um, I think there's got to be something done around... I know the facts are out there, but until something like the government will give it the gravitas behind them findings and say, yeah, we approve these findings, these are... I don't think anything's going to change. So um, you, 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 you think it's a very kind of government needs to lead the way type... Um, it, it's a government thing, and I think it's a comms thing as well, in the fact that to get everybody on the street to change the way that the change needs to be made, because everyone needs to make very small changes, but they'll make a large impact as a collective. It needs government behind it. Um, because you see... Because they can almost force change. They don't have to influence change. Yeah, through legislation, they can bring it in. They can bring it in. So if they ban plastic straws, then everyone's going to stop using plastic straws. But at the moment, it's people choosing not to use plastic straws. It's just not having the same effect. Or I saw saw a petition online, because I went to McDonald's the other day, and there are other fast food restaurants out there. Uh, But I was at McDonald's the other day with my children and and using the the paper straws, which I thought was a great idea, but I I could see that it was going a little bit soggy. as my drink was progressing and apparently there's a petition online to ban them and go back to, to plastic I think that's a real shame when actually like you look at the evidence of what damage plastic's doing to, to the planet to the wildlife it, it, it concerns me I guess the other thing that kind of concerns me and, and again I'd, I'd love to get your perspective on this but when you look at the evidence and they're kind of saying look in 30 years 40 years not even that far ahead in the future we really are um, in serious danger of catastrophically damaging this planet uh, that will have a massive impact on us. You know when you hear that sort of message, but then you look around and you think, yeah, and people just then get back on with their lives, don't they? It just feels a bit crazy. I don't know, do you ever sit and dwell on that sort of stuff, or are you not really giving it much time? You kind of think, no, I'm just focusing on the here and now. I think it's hard for people to comprehend what that actually means, because can't really like imagine the fact that your life will be drastically changed like you know it's it's like saying one in ten people will suffer from this illness you never actually expect it to be you and you don't think about it so I think it's the same thing you're like oh yeah that's going to happen but because it's not happening like them effects aren't happening now and I know the, the effects are happening but they're not affecting people day to day like the effects at the moment are we had a really hot year last year. Yeah, yeah. Is that really going to panic people? Yeah. Might, a little bit. Yeah. Some people like the warmth. Yeah, they? it's not yeah. a negative effect on you. Yeah. If that makes not sense. immediate. Yeah, and until the negative effects start happening, it'd be quite hard for people to comprehend yeah. it. So when pe- it's the same, like where we live in Hull, flooding. Yeah, that was when a big the, one. When the flooding happens, yeah. everyone's very concerned about it. Yeah, yeah. But 
give it a few years. Yeah, and now is anyone talking about yeah, the yeah. defences? No, because it's yeah. not happening. But yeah, if it yeah. was to happen tomorrow, we'd all be on about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's hard. It's I mean, it's a very good point because I watched the David Attenborough programme on climate change that was that came out like last week and there was a, 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 a global um, map and then there was also a map of the UK and the area that was most affected by flooding was exactly where we're sat here and, and a little bit wider. Um, and, and, and actually it was going to be affected in sort of 10, 15, 20 years, so really kind of quite close. But like you said, there's that apathy and people are kind of like, well, it's not happening today, so you know, I'm going to get on with the weekend. And, uh, you know, so it's very difficult. Do you think, can you see any way that social media might be able to change behaviour? You know, is there, any, is there any things that you think can, can help from the work that you've done and the industry that you're in that might be able to help, you know, solve some of these quite global problems so that a lot of the stuff that needs to happen is actual physical actions need to take place but raising awareness and through social media is the perfect platform is creating content that does brings people's awareness to the problems that happen i think that's the only way to do it is um as anyone who's in social media i know videos perform fantastically well so is that right a video is more powerful than yeah videos perform really well on social media so if there's videos out there that are easily consumable and make sense in bite-sized chunks then they're gonna influence yeah and i think again that's what i like about this 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 community here there are so many great people that create animations and videos i think animation is a really powerful tool um you know many a time i've watched them they're like the minute kind of long clips and it just hits home a little bit more. I showed my children one on the uh, on on how plastic is getting into the oceans and destroying um, you know wildlife. And I think you know to them it was great, but to me it was just equally as good because the message was you know was was there. So I think animation. Um, I mean, do you use animation in your social media? Or you... I don't at the moment, but yeah, I've seen some of the work people do here, and it is like incredible stuff. Yeah. 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 So again, what from a personal perspective, what what you know? Do you do you like keeping healthy? You know, you said you're interested in football. Is that watching, playing? What do you? Um... Uh, it's mainly watching nowadays. But yeah, I, I love to get out and play when I can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, watch football. Um, Hull City. Big fan, are you? Yeah. Yeah, love doing that. Um, into my running as well, fitness, but not extremes. I don't like change my diet for it or anything like that. Yeah, I yeah. Just do what I do, but yeah. like running. Um, got a few 10k's lined up this year and things like that so yeah and, and and do you find that running keeps you know do you find that again as a bit of an escapism when you're out running yeah so last year I, was, I did a half marathon and I was training for it and I got an audio book and put that on and a couple of nights I actually found myself wanting to go to, for a run so I could listen to the audio book is that right so you didn't yeah. have to have music you could actually listen to yeah. the audio and it would still keep yeah. you running and it was really odd because I knew I could just go sit you know, through in the kitchen and listen to my audio book, but I didn't feel like that was an option. I felt like to listen to my audio book, I had to go and run. So yeah. I was like going for like, um, you know, run for an hour and a half or whatever, just listen to a book. And it was actually, um, I'll recommend the book, um, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, who created um, Nike. Right. Really, really interesting story. Is it? Yeah. Good, good. Well, I'm going to bookmark that one. And uh, again, I think, you know, I, I don't pick up books at all, but audio books, fantastic. Yeah. Um, Love Audible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I think that's why, you know, we need to kind of, you know, it's it's, it sounds going back to the podcast. Not everyone knows what a podcast is. Not everyone knows how to access a podcast. 
and, 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 and daft little things like that, if we can help people with that accessibility and understanding of the benefits, I do think we stand a, a better chance of getting messages out more, whether it be on climate change or how to be an effective leader or whatever it might be, or how to get into that career. So I think, um, and, and, and you talked about it earlier when we, we chatted, I think you were looking at maybe doing something here in C4DI about podcasting. I yeah. think that's a very good idea. I think that would go down really well. Yeah, it's part of that event I mentioned earlier with uh, Tim and Courtney. We're each going to do a session as part of that. And I thought podcasting would be great because as we're doing today, it just takes your mobile and you can be off, you know. Like, But I think one thing to be wary of within the podcasting sphere as well as vlogs and stuff like that, and it's something that's big on social and I think will transcend across as fake news. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no... Censorship yeah. no, no, yeah, to, to guard it. So I think that's something to be careful of, and I think that's where social media again can help with these big topics. Is there's got to be some kind of censorship out there that removes falsities. Yeah. I'm not saying opinions or anything like that. Yeah. But when it's something factually incorrect, there's yeah. got to be a way of getting it down. But very hard to do. I mean, again, just kind of tying it into the climate change. You look at that when you've got the president of the United States disputing the evidence, and yet, you know, for me, I always look to the NASA scientists who have been up in space and seeing what the planet's doing. I mean, I just watched the, the programme last night on the BBC Our Planet. I don't know if you've seen that. Definitely worth a watch. You've just got these amazing images from all the satellites that are floating around in our, uh, over our heads, but... Um, yeah, so I, I, I understand what you're saying. I think in this day and age, it's, it's inevitable that there'll be fake news out there. And there's always going to be difference in opinion as well. And, and, and for me, it's about, it's like everything in life, trying to show people where all the information is so that then people can make up their own decision. You know, it's, very, it's like that in the food industry, you know, is meat bad for you, is meat good for you, you know, it's very difficult, but all you can really do is, is try and see what's out there and, and try it for yourself and make informed decisions. Um, again, who, who would you love, who's your ideal guest, Matt, then? Who are you looking for on your podcast? Who, who, if you could interview anyone, who would it be? Well, oh, that is a good question. Um, you can have time to ponder, feel free. It's important to get this right. <laughs> I think, like, I like not everything he says, but like a lot of his principles and stuff. And I mentioned earlier, Gary V. I think, like, he'd be great. He's, and he's huge. As Just well. remind me who he was again. So he's an American he's businessman. Bl- uh, um, right, yeah. who, who does the content, the, the jab yeah, jab. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got some pretty cool stuff going on, but. Um, yeah, there's some big names out there on my target list. I'd love to yeah. get Matt Chapman back on. Yeah, yeah. Um, from is, when he did that talk to like see it go full circle. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, that'd that would be nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. Is there anyone local again that you'd like to? You know, because I mean, you have interviewed some local people. Because Alex Deacon actually was born and bred in this area, wasn't he? I think North Ferriby. Um, yeah. Certainly lived in North Ferriby. And Guy Smith is an East Yorkshire um, uh, boy, isn't he? So, do you, is there any other? There was four, um, I did five interviews and four of the interviews were with people who had some connection to Hull. Mm-hmm. Whether Rosie was obviously um, chair of Hull 2017, yeah, yeah. Uh, been at Union Hall. Oh, is that right? But the others are all from Hull or the surrounding yeah. areas and then Drew had no connection right. to Hull. Um, and it was simply through, I got them because of networks and stuff like that, I had connections to them. Um, I'm not ruling out anyone from Hull but I'm not I don't want it to be end up being a Hull a Hull base yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah but I'd love to get somebody who has 
done what I am interested in, which is either a sports person yeah, yeah. who is now known for something completely different yeah, yeah. and has done that personal branding journey. Yeah. Somebody like that would be um, brilliant. Or maybe it's the opposite way. Maybe there was something else and became a sports person. Well, I'm going to be listening out for the David Beckham podcast then. Another Cristiano Ronaldo podcast. Yeah. So difficult to say that, but a little boy loves him at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, them two people in terms of personal branding yeah. have really got it right, haven't they? And, Definitely. Um, you know, who knows, the My Journey podcast could see one of these two on there. But, Matt Johnson, thank you for joining me today. Uh, it's great talking to you, and I look forward to hearing a bit more about you in the future. Thanks for having me.